Coming to you from Final Third Cigar and Whiskey Lounge in Ingalls, Indiana. Indiana's exclusive Aladino Cigar Lounge. It's Final Third Friday. Welcome back to Final Third Friday. I'm Rob. And I'm Isaiah. we got a special guest with us today. A very special guest. Very special. I didn't know I was a special guest. Yeah, yeah. Colt Carpenter of the, the master brewer, head brewer, whatever, master brewer at Pax Verum. Yeah. Um, so we are actually recording today from Pax Verum because why not? Yeah. yeah, glad to have you guys. Yeah, thank you, bud. Appreciate you having us over. And Rob, get yo, in on your mic. I probably a little should get on my more, mic a little yeah. better, shouldn't I? Don't do that. Sorry Don't about do that. that. To me, check check. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, we're we're gonna drink some beer from that Colts made here. We're gonna try some other things, and we're gonna talk all things brewing today. Yeah. So uh, what are we drinking, Rob? I don't even remember what this is called. Well, let's let the man tell us. Oh. Uh, so you're drinking uh, Midnight Shadow. It's my uh, dark Czech lager, so uh, similar to a Schwartz beer, but from Czechoslovakia. Um, we actually just uh, uh, on Saturday the eighth, uh, we just took silver with that at the Indiana State Fair uh, Brewers Cup. Oh so, yeah, yeah, in dark European lager. So yeah, I mean, you just said delicious. that like it was a casual thing, but it sounds <laughs> like you had thing. quite the uh, quite the competition there. Yeah, it was a it was a busy it was a chaotic night. Uh, we ended up taking four medals home. Yeah. Uh, I got a silver for this New Zealand Pilsner title rift. Our uh, bourbon barrel aged chocolate malt uh, expand your view, which is a robust porter, took gold, and then we took gold for a a Indiana only category. It was the first time that they've ever done this category, so yeah. all ingredients, grain and hops, had to come from Indiana and. Uh, we took gold with in that with a hazy IPA. That's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. That's great, man. Today, we're doing a little bit of a smoker's choice thing. Yeah. Uh, so I've got the uh, Foundation Cigars Olmec, uh, just a beautiful uh, medium to medium full-bodied cigar. Uh, Colt's got the Cameroon from Aladino, just a classic. Yeah. What are you smoking, yeah. Rob? I'm smoking the uh, Azulejo, Laranja Azulejo from Espinosa today. Yeah. Um, and actually, you know, you picked probably a really good beer for that cigar because a nice lighter. And is that the is that your IPA? That's the New Zealand Pills. New Ze- oh, the Pills. Okay, so that'd even be better probably because it's not going to be quite so um, heavy as the New England IPA. So that's perfect. Yeah, and we're actually I don't even know that we said it. We're at Pax Virum for this. We did. If you were paying attention, <laughs> okay. that. you did say that. I did. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, actually, it's a beautiful day. I mean, it's like 80 degrees out on the patio. If you've not been here, um, Pax is in the heart of Lapel. If you don't know where Lapel is, it's literally like not even 10 minutes from Fishers, Hamilton Town Center, um, just up 69. And it's um, this, they have a beautiful outdoor space, beautiful indoor space, great beer. Re- well, we'll talk about that. A restaurant coming up, all kinds of fun stuff yeah, here. Yeah. So, well, and. If you're a cigar lover, seems like you can come here and enjoy one on the patio. They have ashtrays and cigar ashtrays, not just your pizza restaurant, yep. little tiny cigarette ashtrays. We have people come uh, spring through fall. Sometimes, you know, if it's a good winter day, uh, they'll sit out on the patio. We do enclose where we're at normally in the winter, but uh, we always have cig- cigar ashtrays so that way people can sit and 
lounge and have some beers and yeah. just enjoy themselves. So if you're free one night, you want to change the scenery, stop by Final Third, grab you some sticks, and come over here and enjoy some great beers that aren't quite in cans yet. Yeah. <laughs> some yeah. are. That's got the thing. Yeah, we, yeah. we do have, I think we have maybe eight different beer, uh, packs beers over there, maybe nine, eight or nine. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do have some here that we don't have that are, that are not canned because they're either smaller releases or, or um, you know, seasonal releases, whatever. Uh, so it's definitely worth getting over here and trying some of their stuff. This yeah. is one I'm really lobbying about. I know it's going to come out in cans at some point. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna put it on. Is it? Is it or is he just saying? I'm that? just saying that. Should be peer pressure. No, it should be coming out. Uh, hopefully November ish. Check log. Everything really good. It is plan. really good. So we'll have that eventually. Hopefully, yeah. maybe. See. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eventually, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. It's never coming. <laughs> no, it'll yeah, happen. It'll be here. Yes. Yeah. So you you were just at the um at the brew fat or um, what they call it Brewers Cup Brewers Cup Brewers yep. Cup um. You want to tell us a little bit about how that went? I mean, yeah, I know we, uh, about what it's all about, too. So it's the annual uh, state fair competition for home brewers and professional brewers. Uh, home brewers go against home brewers, professional brewers against professional brewers. And, oh, cool. Um, we, everything's ba- judged based on uh, guidelines that are established. And uh, so it's, you know, you're trying to sort of hit that perfect representation of those guidelines so that way you can you know so are you are you specifically crafting a beer or picking a beer for those categories or yeah so um so the midnight shadow there is a category for check dark loggers uh now in that it's also then going against other dark european beers as well uh but they're all judged based on um, a Schwartz beer versus a dark Czech lager. They're similar, but they're a little different. Yeah. A Munich Dunkel, those things are all sort of in a same judging category, but have different stipulations. So yeah. uh, whenever it gets to that, I uh, really sit down and try to go through our catalog. What do I believe in the most? Uh, what do I think has a good shot? And sometimes it's also, what do I really want some feedback on? Because I, I'm getting feedback from judges who have certifications from this organization that then can help me maybe see where I'm missing something. Like yeah. My palate is just my palate. And, you know, I only have those around me. So if I can go to someone who's got a little bit more, why not? Yeah, absolutely, man. So I know in the whiskey world, there's a lot of talk over competitions Ones like the San Francisco World Spirits Competition, those are fairly upstanding. But there's a lot of competitions that you can pay into mm-hmm. and basically be guaranteed a silver. Uh, how does that look in the beer world? And is there a similar thing with that? Not, I'm not mm. asking you to specifically talk about this competition you were in, but is, is there something similar to that? I wouldn't say that there's anything that... I at least am privy on or that I have participated in where it's like you're guaranteed something. Yeah. Uh, You know, I'm about to enter. Well, we just signed up and we're entering and going to pour at Great American Beer Fest, which is the biggest competition every year in Denver, Colorado. And we're going to pour at that as well. So we're really looking forward to that. But that's, you know, breweries all across the world. So if you've got thousands of people entering no one's guaranteed anything yeah. so um there's definitely probably a couple out there where you know just dependent on what your 
what you're working with, how someone's running their competition. I'm sure it exists just like in the spirits world. Yeah. But, sometimes yeah. sometimes you see like, this was a gold medal winner and blah, blah, blah. And you're <laughs> like, who is that? In 1975. <laughs> it's like anyone can make an award for you. Oh, yeah. But when it means something, it mm -hmm. means a lot. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's really cool. Speaking of awards, this is uh, a cachaça I brought back from Brazil. With okay. me. I just got back from Brazil on Saturday. And it actually has some San Francisco World Spirits Competition Awards. So we're going to try through that um, along with a cachaça that was aged in Amberana barrels. Ooh. So a big trend in the, bourbon in the bourbon industry right now is taking these ex-cachaça barrels that what are you doing, Raul? Don't do that. Just stop, guys. The big trend is <laughs> is taking bourbon and throwing them in Amberana barrels, and it oh. imparts this crazy cinnamon quality. Rob hates, hates it. it. Absolutely hates it. It's so part terrible. of us tasting this cachaça and Amberana <laughs> is to mess with Rob. But yeah. I, I'm also interested to taste it because that's the native spirit on its native wood that it would be aged on. So it's got to be a lot better than Kentucky or Indiana bourbon put on a Brazilian wood. At least and, you and, hope. And Isaiah was just in Brazil, so he really does like Brazilian wood. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> so uh, Cachaza, for people that aren't familiar, is closest to a rum ag agricole, which just basically means it's a sugarcane spirit. And it's made in Brazil, so it's cachaça. What's the proof level on those? Um, this one is uh, it's thirty eight percent, so just under eighty proof. And this one, I think, is right at eighty proof. Okay, yeah, uh, so more traditional one, but I, the world. I don't actually I think see on the other side where okay. your hand is. Yeah, thirty nine percent. So okay, uh, we're we're in the lighter world, but actually that'll be fine since we're drinking beer today. Cool. But, uh, I'll I'll pour these up. Um, for us and so start on the silver. you know back to you a little bit too what so how long you've been with pax i know you've been brewing for a very long time i have officially been at pax for three years as of uh a week or two ago okay okay i joined in the midst of the covid pandemic i was laid off from a prior uh employer that i was brewing for and uh, i knew these guys and just kept uh hollering to try to see what i could do to help out and they needed someone to start brewing for them good so. Yeah, it's a little closer to home, too. Yeah. <laughs> you live in Anderson, don't you? Yeah. I do, yes. Yeah. So I was working downtown Indy, driving about an hour to, uh, it takes me Would about you $20. Would like to put $20. your employer on blast? No, they've closed yeah. since then. Okay. They, they closed down? They, yep. All of them or just that uh, one? Just the Indy location. Okay, okay. I didn't realize. Well, I, honestly, I'd never been down to that one before either, so... So this uh, cachaza aged in Amberana has a pour spout. In there, oh, nice. The, or the restrictor, nice. so you know it's high quality. Well, exactly. <laughs> um, in, where I was at in Brazil, which was Carpina, uh, which is like an hour out of Recife, which is where we flew into. Um, everything is so cheap there. This bottle of cachaza <laughs> ran me seven U.S. dollars. <laughs> so so it, it's the highest of high quality. No, dude, you could you could eat the, at the Brazilian steakhouse there for like ten U.S. dollars. Thank you. Oh, that's yours. Oh, that's uh, mine. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
So we're gonna start on the on the clear one, and if you get any tasting notes, we're in very official um, smelling glasses. But it it smells a lot closer to moonshine than I than anything else. Mm-hmm. Definitely it, some old school white lightning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it's just a. Almost uh It's just a sugary yeah, kind of rum. Reminds it's, me of like some potato vodka. Yeah. On the palate, not it's terrible. really sweet though. Not terrible. It's it's got yeah. a nice sweetness to it. I could get down with that. Until you ruin it with Amberana. Well, I don't know. We're not we're not quite there yet. <laughs> Actually, it's not a bad spirit. No, it's not as bad as I was expecting. Yeah. It's got a nice little spice to it on the back. Like not just the alcohol, like the I get mm. Well, and the, the Pisco that I know Ashley mm-hmm. really likes. Do you like that, too? Is that your yeah. name? Or I know she really likes Ashley's his wife. Um, is that That's more of an agave spirit, right? It's or, a it's grape. Grape. Okay. So okay. They're ba- I think with Pisco, they're basically using the leftovers from the winemaking process. Uh, I don't believe Pisco is. Oh, okay. I think that they are, from what I understand. Oh, I was thinking about Grappa. Yeah. Grappa, yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I understand, they're, it's just another way that they're taking in producing with those grapes that yeah. are in that region. So uh, this cachaça is actually really clean. Uh, it doesn't do any of the rum funk that I would have expected from it. Um, just imagine a, a rum that the single tasting note is simple syrup. And that's where we're at. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It, it's just really clean. There's nothing wrong with that. I keep looking for something in it. And yeah. There's not a whole lot there. I could see them using that as a base and then adding their flavoring to that. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Look at John. Smell the Amberana one. Mm. It's still Amberana, Rob. But it's not as strong. So I think this one, this... Uh, Unless my nose like is broken. Green tea. Matuta. Uh, yeah, it does this, smell more like green tea to me, too. This yeah. one is uh, aged for a year. Which okay. I would have thought would picked up a, pick up a lot more color from it, but it basically looks like a Repo tequila. Dude, that's a thousand times better than any Amberana whiskey I've ever had. Oh, my mm. God. That's actually pretty good. I love that. Mm. I could drink that. I yeah. could not drink. I can't drink the whiskey in it, but so sugar cane works, You I guess. heard it here first. <laughs> Amberana on its native spirit is not bad. I think it's fantastic. It's actually pretty good. I would say that. What do you think? I like it. I don't. I don't not like it. Uh, definitely, I get green tea on the nose. I get mm-hmm. almost a an orange liqueur mouth a, a taste to it halfway through. And there's almost, but it's a, very smooth. It's not a a cordial cherry thing in there yeah. too. Yeah. Especially on the exhale, it's not as much cinnamon as it gets with all the bourbons. No. So like when I'm, they're doing Amberana with bourbon, are they using fresh Amberana? Are they charring the Amberana? What are they doing with the Amberana barrels? So what I know, I, what I know from chips. Starlight is they're getting ex cachaza Amberana barrels. So maybe that's it. And dumping straight into it. So maybe that's what it is. This is in the fresh barrel. It's just like pulling the, the brighter notes out of it. Sat there with all that stuff in there, and now it goes with whiskey. It's well, it's already also got a completely up. different chemical po- compound than the ethanol. So heavy. maybe the double chemical thing going there with that, with the two different types of liquors, are doing something funky to it that, that absolutely I'm ruins really everything sure, about it. But this, uh, <laughs> I've never, I can't contribute because I've never had bourbon in a 
Anyone I'll, I'll make sure you try some. Oh, oh it's God, okay. horrible. I don't have a whip, <laughs> but I'll not, get some. It's not horrible. It's a mood pour. It is just the most cinnamon toast crunch heavy bourbon you've ever had. And by mood pour, he means if I'm suicidal really? and like I want to kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> so like super cinnamon forward. Yeah. Interesting. A okay. lot of people Which literally call it cinnamon toast crunch. I have had uh, some beers that were done on Amberana in the end, and it was great. Like it just reminded me of somebody like adjuncting cinnamon in. I've I've been talking to some people more and more about uh, different wood that they're using, and I just was talking to someone this weekend who's playing around with with that. Couldn't tell you off the top of my head, but they were you know got some of it, and they were like, I'm just gonna do a test batch and just rested it, rested the beer on it and said they were getting some weird, interesting notes already. And it yeah. had only been a couple well, months. So Alan Bishop. Amberana, uh, initially, especially in whiskey, will have the tendency to come off as funky cinnamon. Like it has almost a... So one of my buddies called it a uh, freshly fertilized field note. Okay. Like just that kind of funky decaying hay that so not know, like almost, jamaican rum funk but no no, no. jamaican like barn, rum funk like is barnyard like, funk almost barnyard funk jamaican rum funk is almost like uh decaying banana peels mm -hmm. but uh the amberwana gets a, a lot of those barnyardy qualities are er, kind of like uh you have a pile of mulch sitting in the driveway <laughs> for too long like it it does that thing which rob doesn't like no <laughs> this is not bad though this is actually yeah. pretty good not would i sit and drink this very much probably no, not no uh -uh. but but it does not kill the it cigar drinks above like, it's proof though yeah well and that's like, the thing I feel, under I feel like amberana and whiskey completely ruins a cigar and that yeah. this one i don't see it doing that huh this one actually i think complements the cigar fairly well so all right no more fucking amberana let's quit let's talk about something else <laughs> <laughs> I I am really intrigued by that Amberana though. Well, and I'll like, tell you what, it's it's a hundred times better than the clear, and I was expecting the clear just to be a nice sweet. See, thing. I I think I like the clear a little Did bit you? more. I like okay. the clear a little bit more as well. I'm not normally a clear a clear fan, like you know, of course, you know, let's go back to the days of some shine, but yeah, like, yeah. most you know, vodka, anything like that, it's not my forte. But so, that I could, you know, I wouldn't mind that as a little sip. This this you reminds throw that me in of Coke and it just makes it sweeter. I think this reminds me of something I think Ashley would love. Both of oh, those I'm two. sure because I know I mean she loves that pisco and it's, I know it's different, but it's that lighter kind of sweeter notes too. So, yeah. which mm -hmm. actually that's what I was trying to remember. You and I met playing disc golf, didn't we? Yes, that's what I thought. I couldn't remember if I met at the brewer, at one of the breweries or that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, some somehow over at the old Sanders Court. Yeah, that was Sanders. That's right. Okay. So yeah, we so Colt runs the amongst you know the other thousand things he does on a daily basis. He runs the Anderson or is it Madison County? Anderson. Now? It's still Anderson. Still okay. our name. Anderson Disc Golf Club, but he's all over Madison County. He built the course in Pendleton, which is a blast to play. Yeah, we got out last Tuesday. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. First time I got out in a long time, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, but. So if you if you ever if you're disc golfers, man, there's some great courses in our area here. You got you got to check out, and that's definitely one of them for sure. And you're in the process of building a couple more right now too. So yep, got one. As hopefully by the end, time. yeah. Ho hopefully have one more done by the end of the year, and we'll s hopefully next year I get to take a break for a minute. So. Yeah. yeah. 
Take a break and make more beer. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so we want to get to know you a little bit. Okay. And I'm going to change our questions. Just yeah. Attack. Well, yeah, we have. Yeah. So what are your top three favorite beer categories? Like you're beer styles. Okay. Yeah, beer, beer styles. You're traveling. You're traveling. These are these are the styles that excite you. And then I also want to know, like a lot of a lot of places have their here's our here's our benchmark. If they suck at this, they're not going to nail anything else. Like you go to a barbecue yeah. place, that's brisket. Yeah. If they can't nail a brisket, like everything else is kind of bad. What is that in the beer world? So I think it changes person to person. I would say most of the time, brewers. We uh, uh, almost across the board, I'm trying your Pilsner because if you can make a good Pilsner, you can make a good beer because it's you have to have good protocol all across the board. You have to be able to make something that's clean and you can't hide behind where like um, an IPA, if something turned out wrong, I can just keep hopping it more and you might not. You probably won't be able to tell the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, When I'm traveling. I'm looking, I just got back from uh, Asheville uh, a couple weeks back. And so the breweries I went to, I was looking for uh, loggers, uh, Pilsner, that sort of that sort of framework. And my uh, Saison's, Saison's and sort of Brett-focused beers yeah. are things that I absolutely adore. Uh, it's one of those, if I had the ability to do whatever I wanted, that's where I'm going. Like, yeah. But uh, the market in the industry is very <laughs> driven towards uh, hops and hazy IPAs. Uh, I make a lot of loggers, and I'm lucky to be able to do that. Uh, yeah. It's just also, you know, and I make a decent amount of dark beer, which yeah. I get to make it all year round if I really want to. So those aren't things that everyone gets to do. Uh, I know a lot of people who it's I'm throwing all kinds of fruit in all the time, and yeah. I I. I don't mind a fruit beer every once in a while, but I don't want to drink that constantly. Um, I can appreciate it done in a crafty way, but not in a abusive, let's just dominate the beer. Beer is uh, grain that, you know, I'm I'm taking and I'm, I'm extracting those sugars from and fermenting them and using hops to layer correctly. And so for me, I really look for something uh, nice and clean and I don't want to obliterate it. Yeah. Well, and that's one thing I think you do really well here is like, you know, like you see some of these hazy beers that are, I mean, they're even calling themselves milkshake IPAs and shit. Yeah. And it's like, I appreciate what you do because it's hazy, but it's not so thick that it feels different viscous. Mm-hmm. And that's one thing. I mean, just like the digital urn, I've got people come there and go, oh, I love hazies. I say, do you like, you like a lot of haze or do you just like you know, a little bit of haze? And if they like a lot of haze, I'm like, Turn, Turn the, the can. can upside down <laughs> and then pour and you're good to go. And they're like, damn, that's perfect. And it's somebody else that just wants to pour it out of the can. It's perfect. You know, I like that because I I think we're in a tr- we've been in a trend of all those milkshake IPAs, milkshake sours, all those things. It's like they're good once. Yeah. Yeah. Really I'm always to I'm always willing it. to try something. I've tried some really stupid things. Yeah. And I learned to respect certain parts of them. It's not for me. Yeah. Give me two, three ounces, and that's going to be about it. Yeah. So yeah. what's a beer trend that you just wish would die? <laughs> and did I happen to just mention did one? He, mention it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's probably the milkshake IPA so, stuff. So what uh, makes something a milkshake, something or another? 
So it's a lot of fruit in in a New England IPA. Basically, is the is the gist of it. Yeah. Um, everyone does them a little differently. I've done them. Uh, I'm I'm not ever gonna say that I make a great one. Uh, it's not my forte. I I can make a great IPA, but as soon as I gotta basically throw make half the product with fruit, I'm just yeah. sort of lose interest. And <laughs> yeah. I've, I've set out while, since being here and saying like, if we're going to do something, I want to use as much like real natural ingredients and not just syrups and other stuff. And that's what some people do is they're using a mixture of fruit with extracts and syrups and they all have their place. And it's not, it's not wrong. It's just for me, I, I don't have much of an interest to do that. Yeah. I'd rather, you know, our venomous, you carry venomous and yeah. at final third. And it's, it's a, a tart ale is how I describe it with some blackberry and raspberry. And it's just a nice little fruit tart ale it that drinks sort of super works. super clean. Uh-huh. Yeah. So when you're, uh, yeah, when you're doing beers, you sound like you're, grain forward sort of guy you'd like it you'd like to not have to go in on the back end to fix the beer well that's the goal every time you're you're uh clean fermentation you want to have a a good um balance for the malt so that way the hops can help even it out and you know if it is an ipa you're i load mine uh heavy on the back end of the of the boil time because i like the flavors and aromas that present themselves there more yeah. than being a a big bitter bomb which is what we were having in the early mid 2000s to early 2010s or so and everyone was like here's the most yeah, bitter yeah. here's IPA 120, 120 IBU. yeah exactly yeah. like that it doesn't actually work it doesn't like mm. uh so I think that there's a, a time and place for all. I don't know. Golf dads really like those. <laughs> I think I think a little, I think bros learned to really <laughs> bros, like those. That's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we. It sounds like your philosophy is a lot the same of uh, Alan Bishop. Yeah. Where he wants the grain, he wants the ingredients he's using to shine through and actually make something that's cohesive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like even across the board, he, he makes uh, <laughs> whiskeys and uh, and bourbons that have so many different grains in them. And he, he just says, if I'm going to use all that, kind of want you to taste it in there. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I'm not going to age it out to the point or do something else to it where that's just gone to waste. Yep. Yeah. Um, we need to get you guys connected or maybe we do. We a will have, we already, we're there. We're yeah, there. I, yeah, yeah. We've We're emailed. There. Yeah, because um, because I mean, I, that's something you're doing right now. Which, if you want to talk about that a little bit, if you don't, that's fine. But we we came it. over today and we're, we were tasting. Um, well, tell us about the the beer that was so, aged. Uh, today we tasted uh, Expand Your View, which is my robust porter uh, featuring uh, Sugar Creek malt out of Lebanon, Indiana. It's I think all yeah all of his malt goes into it, and it's utilizing a bourbon barrel aged chocolate malt. So he takes a malt, ages it in a freshly dumped bourbon barrel, mm. takes it out of that after a week, malts it to a, a, or roasts it to a chocolate malt. Okay. And then puts it back into that bourbon barrel. So it got some initial bourbon character, 
then he he roasts it to that cho- like to the chocolate and then he puts it back in and it pulls even more out. So I, d- I set out to make this porter because a robust porter is one of my favorite classic styles that just you don't see very often and it's become thus my most award-winning beer and I attribute a lot of it to that grain but I decided when I went to Starlight last Paul to pick up some bourbon barrels. I was talking to him and they had just dumped some bourbon 12 hours prior. So I said, well, I only came down for four. Go ahead and load me two more up. I've got a beer in the tank that I'll go ahead and fill in. And uh, I tried it before today. I had tried it back uh, three months, four months ago, and it was doing okay. It wasn't necessarily where I was wanting it to be because uh, I was thinking about releasing it with our five-year anniversary and decided I'm just going to let it sit for a bit longer. And I really was pleasantly surprised with how it sort of developed. Uh, both barrels are, are filled two barrels. Both have uh, have a unique sort of profile to each other. One definitely had the more chocolate forward with a touch of roast, and the other definitely had a little bit more bourbon character. But I feel like when we did that blend yeah. of both barrels equally, it sort of pulled both of the highlights of both of them together. So do you so, know if the two barrels you got were the same? They, yeah. Okay. They're the, yeah, I actually just double checked the, they're the, the same, same batch. And, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. they, they were the same batch and, and okay. everything. And that's just what happens with beer. It depends barrel to barrel when I put it in, um, what the beer wants to do in it and what that, how much, you know, how much char was actually in the inside of that inside of the barrel, how much bourbon soaked into the wood and wants to then get let out. And Let's take a moment to hear from our partners. Is your closet starting to feel a little weak? You know, like shoddy fabrics, misshaped, tired designs? Then Seven Strong brand has exactly what you need to reinforce your look. We're talking a four-way stretch of polyester, cotton blend, silky smooth, breathable, and above all, true to fit while keeping its fit. No? Well, what about our hidden collar button with reinforced stretching? It's pretty strong. Or how about designs that get you a standing ovation no matter the occasion? Happy hours to baby showers, the flight to date night, even from the shore to stepping out to the store. Seven Strong brand has button-down shirts that will transition you from one place to the next and make you stand out every single time. And for listening to our show, new customers get $5 off their first purchase with code Final third. Not to mention, all orders over $50 qualify for free shipping. And you know, just like any label on a bottle or cigar, these shirts are going to be a stamp of quality every time you wear them. So find your strength and style by checking out 7-strong.com, as well as following 7-strong brand on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Our wonderful new table is brought to you by Deadwood Live. That's D-E-D, Wood Live. Go check them out on Facebook and see what Derek can do for you. From bars to tabletops to a giant podcast table, they specialize in making super high quality furniture from live edge woods and reused barrels. So reach out to them on Facebook and see what they can do for you. Yeah. Uh, So when you're aging a beer, resting a beer in uh, bourbon barrels, are you expecting the uh, bourbon to interact or, or the the beer to interact with as much as the wood as, as a bourbon would, 
or are you expecting just the flavor and characteristics that are in the wood to come out over time and impact the beers? It's a little bit of both. I'm definitely expecting the 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 bourbon sat in that in that barrel for four years minimum. Yeah. You know, uh, I've had some eight year barrels that were that had presented themselves wonderfully, and also some eight year barrels that just didn't present well at all. Yeah. Um, it really gets to what's gonna just that individual barrel, and for me, it's also I. I try to make sure that every, I'm not going and opening them up too much, uh, but that beer will soak in and then headspace will dwindle just, but instead of with uh, a spirit where that's sort of a fine thing, I'm not on a spirit uh, level. So yeah. uh, that that barrel can develop mold. So I basically have to go in and top it off randomly just to make sure that everything's mm -hmm. good. And sometimes that's actually some, some of the best way that you get some, some of the aroma is not necessarily that sample that I pulled, but opening that up and topping it off real quick, just seeing what releases through there is a, is a really unique way to see the pro progression of that beer. So where you're aging these barrels, are they just in the room? Are they so refrigerated? I, no, uh, I've done, I've done refrigerated uh, project before where it, it was really fun, but uh, no, I keep them ambient. So with okay. whatever is happening, that's what they're going through because that's okay. what I have space for. Okay. Have you uh, have you heard of like forced, I guess, maturation? Like places like Old Forester does, will they where they'll purposely raise the temperature and lower the temperature of a barrel, so the so the wood's expanding and contracting. And I've definitely heard of it. Making yeah. that happen a lot, a lot quicker. They're saying that maturation happens faster that's not necessarily true sure but there is a lot more wood contact quicker yeah uh i think that's why i like to keep them at you know i i look at uh jim jim beams rick houses down in kentucky i mean they're massive but like they're not they're not doing anything except just letting nature do what it does yeah, yeah. now sure there's from the top of one of those rick houses at the bottom there's still a 20 degree difference yeah, but is. i love the aspect that the distillers have taken of letting traditionally just letting it whatever Nature whatever nature's course. happening you know yeah um well that's where you get certain years where it's like some things come out that are just absolutely amazing yeah it may have been a year that they had no temperatures above 80 or may have been a year they had temperatures above 110 for a month and it's like you just never know what you're gonna get. Well, and and that's one thing I remember Alan telling us when we were down at French Lake. He said, "Yeah, yeah we just didn't have a hard enough winter for the bourbons to be." Mm -hmm. Which he ready said right at now. that time. He said, "This could have been ready now if we'd have had a harsher winter, but we yeah. didn't. So we're gonna hold them another six months or so and see what they do." <laughs> well, again, uh, uh, Texas uh, Bal Bal or uh, Balcones Balcones, you know they're dealing in 120 degree summers. Yeah that's a whole other spirit that then is, you know, when it comes out of, they could have taken that same mash, run that into barrels and put it in Kentucky. And the product is totally different, completely different. Yeah. So but I, I like using super it dark yeah. Texas spirit at one year of age, <laughs> just because if it's sitting up at the top of that rig house on a 120 degree day, that rig house is like 160, maybe 150. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and yeah. then at the night it drops down back to like 90 and just think about that fluctuation. Mm -hmm. So how long are you typically expecting 
for uh, your beers to sit in like a bourbon barrel? Depends beer to beer. Uh, depends on what I've got plans for them. So uh, I'm, I know uh, alcohol content does play a factor yeah. in that, especially in the bourbon world. But how much is there a difference there? And do you notice it different, like grain to grain or malt to malt with the beers? So, uh, for instance, the expand your view that we tried earlier yeah. uh, that went in at six point eight, and that's lower than what I normally would. Like that's. Right now is about the end of when I want to have that be sitting, just because I know that any further is where it's going to start to not hold up as well. The, the mouthfeel will dwindle. So when I'm doing big stouts or this winter, I'm going to throw barley wine, hopefully into a bar into some barrels. Okay. I'm putting min I want that to be a minimum of 10% when it hits the barrel. Yeah. Because at that, it helps prolong its life and ability. Now that's, you know, you could, I've thrown a 6% lager into a small barrel and cold aged it for two months and it came out crazy high, but the flavor was amazing, but I'm not necessarily wanting to take and then set that barrel for another six more months because it's going to lose, it's going to strip everything out of it. Yeah. Uh, generally. Mm-hmm. There's different tactics people have. And sometimes what you do is you you throw it in a, what you would do is you throw it in a bourbon barrel or whatever barrel for a month or two and then pull it out into stainless and then finish it on some oak just to help and, you know, increase that flavor. Yeah. So That's I'm, awesome. I'm really trying to go back to how long, like I said, it, it's beer to beer depending and timeline. What's my... You know, what's my schedule look like for these beers? Uh, I'm more so willing. I'd like to minimum six months. Uh, I'm pushing for nine months to a year if I if I have the ability. Uh, the green bottle that I released this year, which was the um, six months in Four Roses, six months in Starlight Honey. I actually have one of those barrels. It's still sitting in Starlight Honey, and I'm actually trying to get one of Alan's brandy barrels <clears throat> to rest it in Heck for yeah. hopefully about six to eight months before yeah. our six year anniversary. So it would be, it would have, you know, sat for two years basically. Yeah. That's so, awesome. I think the brandy barrels would do something fun with a beer. Oh, I think so too. I, I mean, so I'm not good. sure it would show through on like an expand your view because the brandy is such a, more of a fruit heavy note i think it would i think it would more add to the flavor characteristics of the of the expand your view rather than like shine through like like that first sample we tasted today like it's very starlight heavy at the front like the all of the brightness is starlight bourbon yeah and then you have this dark chocolatey thing underneath i think with with the expand your view or even a lithranax like that kind of apple i, I almost think about it as uh apple juice notes because his brandies are so clean yeah. and dark that they have those same characteristics and a lot of brown sugar that would just mix in and i don't know it'd be a crazy dark chocolate apple thing and well, uh, we're getting ready to schedule fantastic. which i need to do that this week isaiah schedule to go down to see him we are. And we'll ask him about those barrels too if, it, if there's any way you can get those two barrels one of them is a Rob does have a gladiator, so we could show. We him can in the bring back him in there. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. we'll bring him in. Just there. stand him up and bring him back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But the one is a. Um, it's finished in 
a dark red wine. I don't know if it's Cabernet, but it really reminded me of a Cabernet barrel. It did me too. The but it was a little was bit a smokier barrel. than a Cab. It could have been. So, yeah, I don't know. But um, but both of those could be really fun to play with. The cab one, I think, could be a lot of fun to play if with. If you did a barley wine in that, oh, <laughs> oh. Uh, I, I'm, I am just saying, I'm a final third collab. You do a barley mm. wine in that in that brandy and uh, in uh, dark or red wine finished barrel. Like, I mean, I've would, I've tried some of your made. your weird shit you made <laughs> at home and and the stuff you've made at, at different breweries and stuff. I am. Excited about your barley wine, dude! I I'm, cannot wait. I've to got try some. It. I've got some good plans for it. Um, one of the things I'm going to do is uh, I'm with barley wine. You actually, you can, and I'm going to. I'm planning for the aging process, and in that, you get oxidation, yeah. which traditionally isn't great, but in a barley wine, helps unlock some of these uh, more these deeper flavors. And uh, I'm going to use a grain from Sugar Creek and. I'm, it's basically just going to be one, like a base grain, and then that. And I think that in about eight months to 16 months, it'll start producing marshmallow. Ooh. Uh, is sort of the, is sort of my aim point. Now, it's not a guarantee, but I think I'm going to get, trying to get at least a couple bourbon barrels. I want to get a couple red wine barrels, and then we'll see if I get anything else. But uh, I'd like to, like to try to get that so that way I can, well, and if you process. are looking for straight red wine barrels, I mean, French Lick also has that too. So you could, uh, you they might do. be able to get just your straight red wine barrels too. So we're just uh, trying to get you connected with. Yeah, Lake, I mean, honestly, if you're good dudes, one of these man. days, you're gonna have to just meet uh, meet Alan. Oh, if you that's yet. yeah, that's he the is, hope. You guys would just nerd you out. Come on guys, the podcast with us. <laughs> you could <laughs> with Alan. You have to drive down with us, but it's fine. I'd love to. Uh, let's be real about my life schedule yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's like his his handle on social media is he's the alchemist. Yeah. And that's kind of what I look at you in the beer world is like you're you're doing the same kind of things he's doing with beer. And it's it's just a lot of fun to see you guys do something together. The thing that's so refreshing to me about Pax Virum is that it's not just the same seasonal releases every single year. Uh, there are some staples. Well, there yeah, are, there's got to be. And rightfully so. The staples have earned their place. Um but it's not just like, hey, here's our summer IPA. Like, let's go. Here's yep. our double yeah. dry hops, whatever, you know. Well, and that's one of the things, like, we have, you know, we do have, I don't know, six, seven all all year round beers just because of we're you know, our slogan is we're out there. So we're in the middle of LaPelle, Indiana, which you ask anyone randomly, where's that? No one has a clue. So You're we right. really adopt this, you know, once I came in and started pushing we went for a distro model where we're self-distroing from <clears throat> bloomington greenwood all the way north of michigan so like i can't just produce the same whatever yeah, i have to push it out on a shelf yeah and then what one of the things that i'm working on now is to to really create a new you know i have two hazy ipas anymore ones that one that's all the time and one that's a periodical. Now I'm going to start a new series that's <clears throat> really just, it's called Stray Thoughts and it's supposed to really, I think I'm going to have it released in September and it'll be in once a quarter or so release and Stray Thoughts comes from me. I have crazy ADHD. I'm 
<laughs> all over the place. So how do you in how do I interpret that for me? Well, I got straight thoughts. So I'm thinking about different styles of beer all the yeah. time. And it's going to be a new hazy IPA series to help encourage me to try new hops because that's something that we get stuck in in this industry is we I'm on contract for so many things and I don't get to play with new stuff. Well, yeah. then this encourages me to, oh, hey, there's this new thing. Okay, let's buy some and put it in this IPA. Yeah. And, you know, each batch is then different. Each And I'm going to, because I'm a nerd, uh, I'm calling it a volume. So it's volume one until indefinite. So awesome. amazing. Yeah. It'll be a fun project. And I'm sure I'll be telling so, you to grab some when it comes oh, out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, we will so I know sure. there's... A hops farm in Knightstown, is it? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, mm -hmm. crazy horse. Are you, have you used their stuff? Yeah. Uh, the 13 and 32 we had earlier, okay. uh, that's featuring all of their hops and all of Sugar Creek's malt. Yeah. Um, they're friends. So I've used their stuff uh, pretty regularly for the past several years. Um, pretty much since they opened up. Yeah. I would say so. And yeah. then, you know, I still use a lot of stuff from out west and is, is other from Michigan. Is there a big difference in stuff that's grown in, in like hops that are grown in indiana because i'm not i'm i guess i'm not even really sure the native climate for something like that is there a is there so, a certain uh, region of the u.s that they're grown better or? uh yeah i would say traditionally i would put us a little bit on the south end of the uh of where we should be at but they grow well uh you can't grow some super well here just because some of them like drier climate some of them want more water uh we're in you know weird climate change times so everything's a little different but yeah. uh, michigan actually in the past 10 years has blown up with some good stuff traditionally though in the u.s it was uh the yakima valley region in the northwest so yeah. uh portland washington um some in northern california and into idaho even because wow. Oregon's probably the biggest source in America right now, aren't they? Yeah, I would say, tr yeah. Or close to it. Generally, they, yeah. Because there's a couple of big ones out there. So what was your intro into the beer brewing thing? And did mm. you do anything before this? Or did, would you, I did several did things before this, you go to college like. for uh, accounting <laughs> and then said, I like Of course, beer. you want to bring up college. Yeah. Uh, no, so... Um, <laughs> I know the answer his, yeah. his college yeah. is... Uh, very similar to your college. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. It's just an interesting story. Yeah, it is so before this, um, before professionally brewing, I had several jobs uh, coming out of college. The only reason I got turned on to brewing was uh, one of my best friends, right after I got out of college, was like, hey, I'm home brewing this weekend. Do you want to come over? And I was like, what are you talking about? And are we were doing it allowed to do that. I know. <laughs> I knew you were allowed, but I was like, I didn't know what, it, like yeah. how you did it. Well, we were doing, you know, old school on the stovetop with some extract and oh, whatnot. Wow, yeah. And I fell in love with it. I fell in love with some of the smells that I still love today. And, you know, really that's what hooked me. And then initially, uh, cause I loved beer, uh, you know, like a lot of people, uh, in around my age, I'm in, in my mid thirties. It was what got gotcha. it. It was IPAs. IPAs were the first thing that like really grabbed you and said, "Oh, that's unique. You're like, that's better than Coors Light." Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, well, we know what your favorite beer still is, though. What's your favorite beer? High Life. High Life. <laughs> High Life baby. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, High Life is, is perfection, beers, baby. <laughs> uh, if I could I'm make a High Life, guy, if I'm going uh, to don't get me wrong, I love Banquet. I love Bud Heavy. Yeah. Uh, but highlight. Yeah. 
<laughs> I like that. But I love high life. No, uh, but so yeah, I uh, I went to college for a whole bunch of reasons, uh, and then didn't have a clue what I was doing. So I was at Anderson University. I started off studi- studying uh, religion, and then soon left that. Which, if any of you guys know religion at Anderson mm-hmm. University, it's just Christianity. And- mm. No, I actually was studying, started off trying to do Christianity stuff, but uh, real quick, left that, jumped around doing some prereqs, and then basically decided I like just studying religion more. Yeah. Uh, and had to, I ended up with a Bible and religion degree, so it was uh, Bible driven, but I stopped believing in those things. So my teachers, my professors actually sort of liked me better after that because I no longer felt constrained to say certain things. Yeah. So, um, after I graduated undergrad, I decided to, for some stupid reason, to stick around to for their seminary for a year and waste some more money. <laughs> uh, and then basically jumped around job to job for a bit and uh, worked anything from call center to uh, doing a, I was, I employed people with physical and mental disabilities for Aspire, teaching them to, or training them to be housekeepers for me. And I managed like 16 some locations around central yeah. Indiana and uh, got promoted from there to do something else. And I finally went into great fermentations in the homebrew store in Indy one day and they were, had a thing on the chalkboard, like we're hiring. And I went home and I talked to my wife, Ashley, and I was super stoked on it. I was like, I'm thinking about applying. She's like, well, if you don't do it, you can't bitch about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, you're not wrong. Yep, and, yep. Uh, that's, She's a realist, that's for sure. That's yeah. basically the reason that I, I ever that. took the jump. And, well, and I still run a lot of my life about it. Yeah. Of, I If I don't try, I can't bitch about it. So Very true. I might as well try. Uh, the beautiful thing about that is, especially in the religious circles, people think your calling for your life is a straight line. Like, you'll know it for sure. Rob was in sales <laughs> for sports forever. Like sports I started equipment. off mine in architectural and got an engineering degree yeah. and then went and into then sales. And then eventually you found the thing that the you love. love. Yep. At fifty three years such old, an important, <laughs> yeah, it's such an important thing. Like that, that that is really cool. Sadly, you wasted money at Anderson to do yeah. this. Yeah, <laughs> I I say, uh, but, but yeah, it, it did teach me. It did teach me a lot of things. You know, yeah. uh, if nothing else, I, you know, I people ask me, well, what do you do? What do you use your degree for? And I say nothing. But also, I learned to critically think and to question and stretch my boundaries. Like I don't feel stuck to. I have to live. Or ha- you know, live a certain way, but also I don't have to look at beer recipes, for instance. That this is the only thing that it can be. You yeah. Know? yeah, I'm willing. I'm willing to look at okay, what's you know, what's the protein content of this grain, and would that work here? And how yeah, you, think, you know, it, what about these hops? I use a lot of. Than this is why this this works this way just because it does. To thinking, why does why? this work, and what can we do to yep. change yeah. it up? Yeah. So that's that's where I put a lot of it is I'm very I don't directly use my degree. I am still interested in certain parts of religion and whatnot, but I still don't practice, but I don't need to. I I found other things that, you know, fulfilled that for myself. I have no problem. You know, we've talked about it before at, at the shop of, you know, I'm glad that you're doing your thing. And you don't pressure me to feel a certain way. Like no, it's great, but no, like that's not my. I, I love to see. I love to have a conversation about it, 
but I'm not going to put it as the focus of what I want to do. I, I found some, I found things I like to do. I created community with disc golf and with craft beer. So, it's you know, it's, those are, those uh, are the it, things that drive. It's yeah. amazing. Especially considering you went to, uh, <laughs> to school for basically church. Yeah. And thinking about the fact that you created community with disc golf and craft Ooh, beer. Cool guy. I think it was like a little dick measuring contest out there. Was, yeah. <laughs> but thinking about the fact that you went to school for uh, religion, for the church world, like there's a lot of churches that don't create community in the way that mm -hmm. you have. Exactly. And that's a beautiful thing. I mean, same thing for Rob. Rob was yeah. in the church world for many, many years. And so many people in that world don't understand how real community happens. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like PAX and you in general too here, but you guys coming together was good because I feel like PAX does a really great job of community. You do a great job of community. It's a perfect marriage, if you want to call it that. <laughs> but um, it's beautiful uh, bringing, that, bringing people that like they'll let you run with your ideas. Yes. There's a lot of places where you're kind of constricted by, well, do you think we can sell that? I yeah. don't know. But well, the fact that they'll let you try it. <laughs> There's definitely been some things that I'm like, you know, I want to do this. And it's, I think if anything, it's I'm the first one to say, like, I don't know that this is the right time to do it. I still think it would work. But, yeah. Yeah. you know, I'm, I'm very, uh, very driven with are you know with the staff that we have to have communication and to talk about you know what do you think's moving what like what do you like we look at trends me and my sales guy all the time like yeah. what's happening on the market you know it's i think of the street tacos stuff yeah. that you carry you yeah. know the you're looking at it like man they would kill it if they came out with this one in that style and yeah i'm looking at it in a similar way of like man, I could probably do really well on the market with this beer. Like yeah. no one there was in the state of Indiana when I released Tidal Rift last year, there was one, I figured out there was one small brewery up north who was doing one frequently. I had never had one. I read about it. I had it. never had one before. I read about it and I was like, that sounds delightful. Yeah. You're taking these New Zealand hops that are super fruity with gooseberry and white wine notes and then with a pilsner base like okay i'm all the way in on this because yeah. i love i love pilsners but i love this fruity hop new zealand almost hints of funk that they produce and let's put it together why not like yeah i i get i get burnt out on the ipa where this is 4.8 percent. i can drink that all day yeah. so well it was a lot it's it's one of those you know let's let's push ourselves let's not be the ordinary yeah know, with the we're out there concept of Pax Virum, we also want people to find us. Yeah. And to know, like, you don't have to fit into cookie cutter. Right. Like, fuck cookie cutter. Like, well, and like, there are breweries in Indiana, and I'm not going to say their names, but they. Oh, they, you, you sure? You don't want to? <laughs> Rob, Rob cool? normally I don't does. Care. I'm good with doing it. Okay. Do Who's it. your brewing? Okay. One of them. Who is it? Who's your brewing? I have never had this. They, they dug in so deep on the. What, what do they call that? The big, thick... Oh, pastry stouts. Yeah. They dug in so deep on that that people loved them, and they bought them, and they sold them. But they got so deep into it, it's like everybody, that's all they wanted. It's like, you know what? You can only drink maybe one of those big bad boys. I can only drink maybe three ounces of one of those big boys because it's so freaking sweet. 
It's like, but I get yeah. why some people will do one because they sell. You know yep, what? It's, it's going to be a, a soundbite from this episode is Rob saying, I can only drink three ounces from a big boy. <laughs> from a big boy. That's a big boy. Yeah. I'll say, like, you Call know, with the, with like Hoosier, like, I got no, I got no gripe with them. No. I, I wish them the best. Like, Brian's built a good, a good business model. I know some of their employees and from past and present, but like, it's not my style of beer. No. I want them to succeed just like I want to succeed. Well, I, I want mean, everyone else to. I want Creatures and Anderson to succeed. Exactly. You know, it's, we all find our niches and sure, we, a lot of times, 450, for example. That's where I was going you next, know, yeah. You, you, you create super fruity beers and that's what people know you as. I don't have a problem with that. Good right. on you. You know, I'm not into those. I don't want to make them. I'm, down on trying it every once in a while, but like, yeah. hey, go make your money, do what you need to do. But now when you think of 450 North, you think of, okay, what's the next seasonal, big, thick, heavy thing you're going to make? Yeah, They sell them. That's well, great, they but they've got, a, they've got an identity well, yeah, now where yeah, yeah. I feel like you guys, your identity is you do a lot of traditional with a few things that are going to be a little non-traditional that balance everything out and everyone likes all of it. I feel like you guys do a better job of the traditional. This is this is what beer should taste like. By the way, here's some funky stuff we're going to do sure. along the way. And I think that's that's what needs to be done more. I I, I mean, and I think a lot of where we've come to with me being here is we're drinking a New Zealand Pilsner and a Czech Dark Lager today. Mm-hmm. You know, years ago we wouldn't uh, Pax wouldn't have thought of that of no. doing that necessarily. We had our Pax through Pilsner. But, you know, there's other ways to do some classic variations. And we're, I'm always looking at, you know, not necessarily reinventing the wheel, just what's the, what's that other cog look like? like yeah. Yeah. What's if we, yeah. If we change, yeah. What's, if we change our gear ratio here, what's this do? You yeah. Know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it, and that's, you know, like I, I tell people all the time when they come in, you know, because you know, of course you're in central Indiana, people come in like, oh, I like, you have Coors Light, you have Bud Light, blah, blah, whatever. And I'm like, no. I say, you like lighter beers? Yeah. Try the Pax True Pilsner. You like mm-hmm. Pilsners? Yeah. This is one of the most traditional Pilsners to have way more flavor than most Pilsners are going to have. And it's clean. And once people drink one, they're like, oh, my God, that's way better than what I normally drink. And I'm like, exactly. You know, yeah. expand your palate. And then people start. And, I'm like, and that's that's our number one seller. That being Pilsner. said, if you were to do a light beer, it would kill in our fridge. Granted, don't it do it for would. us. No. But it I mean, would, it would that's kill. that's my charmer, basically. Yeah, and yeah. we are selling a lot of charmer now too. Yeah. yeah, which charmer is the is their cream ale. So if you ever had like um, Sun King's cream ale, this is, in my opinion, this is a lighter, more balanced version of a of that cream ale. It's just yeah, the flavor's there, but it's not so heavy, creamy on the palate. Just more beer forward, which I like a lot. So what is that, projects is that is that accurate or not? Mm, I'm not going to disagree. I I think that there's uh I think we just are approaching cream ale in two different ways. Yeah, you know, yeah. I, I their cream ale is fantastic. I think it just took gold at the Brewers Cup. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't place. I wish I did, but yeah, like, you know, I I'm building mine after a different construct. So, and we're on two different scales. You know, the amount of beer that they're producing oh. on one batch versus what I am, it's, it's a insane. whole other ball game. Yeah. So like, yeah. you know, I, that's where it gets hard at times for, for me. Like I'm down to, 
I'm down to point out what's going on in other places business but like to say that their beer is necessarily like unless there's a complete off flavor in something like i'm you know it is what it is and, and there are breweries around here that do that <laughs> there are a lot of them so what things are on the horizon for pax virum that you're excited about and would like to tell our audience about on the horizon so we are uh actually in the process of and actually officially are the our beer garden is in the works or has officially become t all ages. Uh, that slightly became with the uh, new state laws that went into effect January or July, or July, July 1st. Yeah. July 1st. Yeah. Man, dates are hard guys. I know, um, <laughs> but we you were already more if you'd like, <laughs> we were already working towards that because next to us, we have uh, a kingdo pizza opening up and we're going to share our patio so you can, you can go in there, order a slice of pizza or a pizza. Come over here, get a drink, hang out. You know, you still want to, you still want to come and have a cigar or have a cigar. But yeah. uh, you know, with that, we we're still trying to work out some of the kinks. But one of the things with having it be all ages, it's if you want to bring your kids, you can bring your kids, but they got to sit at the table. There's no running them up. Like, yeah, yeah. Uh, we the inside will still be. Uh, 21 and over we're not be, yeah we're not trying to make it uh make it all ages in there um outside of that i'm really excited for just our progression as uh a brewery we're putting out some of the best beer that we've ever done uh day after day and we're you know trying to just keep doing self distribution by by ourselves and distroing all across the state so um, well and i will say and i i know you would never say this but probably not probably pax not. beer when pax when they first opened up made good beer but adding you to the mix has elevated it to a way another level and i feel like everyone knows it and um that's why i feel like you're, you guys are so much more successful now um, not that they weren't successful early on because i mean the craft beer boom has been going for a long time and it's kind of leveled off to a little bit of a point but you guys aren't stopping because you don't have to. You've already, you've already, you've already, you're already in the you've mix. You're already your there. People know you, and even people that don't know you, once they know you, they know you. Yeah. And they continue to come back to it. I, I feel like you really brought them to another level. So I appreciate. Good that. on you, bud. Appreciate you, man. Outside of that, I'm just looking forward to you know continuing to make beer. Uh, it's the one thing that <clears throat> I I enjoy doing. Uh, day in and day out. Sure, it's taxing, but yeah. that's running a business. That's doing whatever. But yeah. I, I still get to do <clears throat> what I love doing, and I'm just proud of what we've made of it. So it's amazing. Yeah, we're well, we're really happy to have uh, Pax Verum in our cooler at the shop. It is an easy yeah. sell. Oh yeah, every single time. There's yeah. some beers that we'll get in, and Rob, Rob and I would taste through them when when I was working there, and we'd just be like, ah, that is not it. Yeah. But here, it's like we could buy any beer from you guys, and, and it's good, and there's a market for it. Yeah. Which yeah. not I'm not tooting your horn when I say that, but like you make good beer. Appreciate you it. You really do. You, you make very good beer, and uh, I I think. It, it's really nice to have a have a brewery in Indiana that's not just sticking to one style, 
that's not just staying in their lane, but is experimental with it. Because I think that's a beautiful thing about Indiana across the the spirits world in Indiana. Like you, you think about Indiana getting into bourbon. Who thinks about Indiana bourbon? <laughs> you know, everybody thinks Kentucky bourbon, but Indiana can do it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Indiana can do beer just as just as well as anyone else because. I mean, at the end of the day, it just takes the right person getting their hands on it. Well, and you were just in Asheville, and Asheville is kind of, at least around here, is kind of known for that. They got a lot of great craft beer yeah, in, in Nashville. I mean, small ones, big ones, whatever you want to go to. And um, I, I feel like Indiana's right there with them on a lot of the beer. We're, we're pushing. We're, yeah. you know, I, we have a lot of fantastic breweries. Uh, I think that Indiana as a whole is overlooked. A lot of times, yeah, uh, on the national scene. That's that's in pretty much and, every yeah. thing, yeah. But I, I think that more and more uh, people are catching on to what we're doing, how we're, yeah. you know, they. I I keep meeting. We actually, I think it was last week, two weeks ago now, yeah, two weeks ago. I walked up to the bar on a Friday because I was finishing up and someone needed a drink, so I go and went to try something. He's down from Lansing, Michigan. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. like, we get, you know, I expect that for an indie brewery, but yeah. oh, hey, there's a brewery right off 69. They got some good reviews. The beer looks solid. I'm going to stop. And, like, he was a fan then yeah. and took stuff to go. So, you know, that's, I'm excited for that. I'm excited for, uh, you know, what our state has to continue to push forward on. Yeah. Well, we have a lot of customers right now because we're in summer in Indiana and a lot of people are working, you know, they, they, they travel here to work because there's a lot of construction going on in central Indiana right now. And I know we've had a lot of people come in that, you know, they come into our area and they're like, look for a cigar lounge to come to. And they start coming to our place and then they try your beer. And I know they've come over here too. And I feel like that's, that's a really cool way to spread your name across the country without, doing it you know yeah it's like people go home and they talk about it and now hopefully that brings more people both our ways yeah i mean it's just like starlight does with their single barrel program where they'll sell barrels to markets that they're not really in but that's just like a a little teaser yeah that Mm -hmm. market yeah they'll sell single barrels up to new york where they don't have their full line there well i know uh, another thing we'll we'll close up here in a second but um, another thing i know you guys do really well is you do collaborations with other breweries is there anything out there right now that's coming along the way that you're excited about working and with? And can tell us about. Yeah, yeah so yeah, yeah, that too. Uh, I actually, on Friday, was up in Michigan City with the Burnham Brewing. Mm. And I've uh, been friends with those guys for years. Uh, did a collab uh, with them in the past. And uh, they hit me up wanting to do something. They've got a wood fooder. So think of an uncharred barrel. But this thing is... Uh, uh, 250 gallons. Is it a French oak? Uh, I'm not sure off the top of my head. Okay. Um, uh, but French oak is a lot of what they put wine in, and most of the time it'll just be toasted, but not. Yeah, this was this is they've they've had this thing for years, but what we did was uh, so that's a Czech dark lager. Mm-hmm. We did a Czech pale lager and oh. threw it into <laughs> that, so it's gonna sit. They're gonna actually uh, put some of it in cans. We're gonna have a keg of it uh, for here. Uh, and it's going to come out at Way Out Fest, which is uh, August 19th this year. So yeah, that's yeah. our something. festival that's coming up, which yeah. is a, uh, we, we basically try to invite uh, all, all breweries that we, you know, find are doing some cool stuff. And we say, 
sure, we understand you're going to bring us something that's your core, but we want we want some stuff that's not your normal. And anymore, it's one of the most unique beer festivals uh, inside the state of Indiana because we all push our boundaries. Um, yeah. Towards that, it's not necessarily a collab at the moment. I got some uh, in the works for coming up, but nothing yeah. settled yet. But uh, for our Way Out Fest, if you got a VIP ticket, which I think there's maybe 10 left, so they are going extremely fast, but we are doing a beer that you get a two-pack of with each VIP ticket. Okay. And I'm brewing it on Thursday. Uh, it's going to be... I'm pushing myself to do some weird stuff, and I'm basically going to make this uh, a play on an IPA with some prickly pear, some mango, oh, cool. and then I'm going to finish it with some uh, terpenes that uh, this company does, and it's going to be this fruity, danky, just something that's super unique. So that's I'll make awesome. sure that I at least get you I like two cans. I don't have much of it. We're not. I think we're gonna distro a little bit of it in keg just to get the word out. But yeah, the cans are just in house. So. Well, and I mean, you just kind of just touched upon it. But I'm telling you, if you're if you're a beer guy or beer girl and you love the festivals, this is the one to go to. It is. They close down this road out here in front. All the breweries are lined up. You got food trucks. It's it's a day. Yeah. Just come out here and spend the and, entire and day, drink beer, food, That's the other music. Thing, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, I think we've got si uh, 12 or 16 bands this year. That's amazing. Wow. Uh, we're, Man, that's grown like crazy, hasn't it? Yeah. We're, our beer garden will have a band across from where we're at right now. There'll be a band over there, at least, and maybe one down on the corner. I'm not sure. Okay. But I know that, that we've got several lined up. So it's a fun day. You get to try a lot of different, unique things. And again, August 18th and 19th? And uh, 19th, just 19th. 19th. And if people want to sign up for that, just go to Paxverum's website? Uh, yeah, you can just go to Paxverum.com. On the uh, top of the website, there'll be a thing for way out uh, tickets. Yeah. And definitely, I mean, I, I've been to a few festivals, and I've not been out here. I've seen all your pictures, but it's always during the times I have to work, man. But um, well, you know, maybe I might have to try to take off this this year and come out here because I mean, it, everyone that comes out here, they come into our place, and that's all they do is talk about it. It's it's amazing. Yeah, so I'm excited about it too. So, yeah. well, anything else you want to add? I'm good. All Appreciate right, you guys for coming out. Yeah, thanks uh, a lot, man. Thanks for being on the show with us. Yeah, no problem. Class. You can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Pastor. Where can they find you? Uh, at Pax Virum, or uh, my personal is uh, at That's Right, I'm Colt. Yep, and I'm at Final Third Cigar. So thanks a lot again for coming in, or for us coming to your place, I guess, yeah. this time. Yeah. Appreciate it. And uh, we had a lot of fun hanging out, drinking some of your beers. Um, not going to lie for Sambarana, I think I actually like. <laughs> so... There's a bonus Good, now. Yeah, Ambrose yeah. not as bad as I thought. So, well, we decided to share it with you. Yes, you would be interested in. A weird we thought spirit. you might like yeah. some weird stuff. So, it's got a botanicalness that's interesting. It's, it's, it yeah. is really interesting. It's but. different. So, yeah, well, thanks, thanks a lot, guys. In. And um, I don't know what's coming up here soon. I don't know if you have anything to promote or not. But I don't know. all right. Well, anyway, thanks, and we will see you next week. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers.